Chapter Ten of the Sorcery Club by Elliot O'Donnell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Ten: How the Dreams Were Interpreted. Tell Miss Rosenberg I'll see her now. Matt Kelson said, and as he leaned back in his luxurious chair with that dignity of self-assurance only the man who is rich can maintain it was hard to realize that he and the matt kelson of a year ago were the same a year ago he had been a poor underpaid ill-nourished pen-driver with all the odious marks of a pen-driver's servility thick upon him it was true he had been fastidious as to his appearance that is to say as fastidious as any one could be who has to buy clothes ready-made and can only afford to pay a few dollars for them that he had sacrificed meals to wear white shirts boiled shirts as one called them in san francisco and to get his things got up decently at a respectable laundry but his teeth in those days did not receive the attention they ought to have received he could not afford a dentist the tobacco he smoked was often offensive and there were to be found in him sundry other details that one usually finds in clerks and in most other people who literally have to fight for a living but now all that was changed kelson was rich he bought his suits at pools his hats at christie's his boots in regent street he patronized a dentist in cavendish square and a manicurist in bond street he belonged to a crack club in pall mall and never smoked anything but the most expensive cigars his ambition had been speedily realized he had passionately longed to be a fop he was one the only thing that troubled him was that he could not be an aristocrat at the same time but after all what did that matter the girls looked at him all the same and that was all he wanted he worshipped he adored pretty girls and he was most anxious that they should adore him consequently his first thought when he saw lilian rosenberg's name on the form the commissioner presented him was is she pretty and the first thing he said to himself directly the door opened to admit her was by jove she is then he assumed an air more suited to a partner in a big london firm and flourishing a richly bejewelled hand said pray take a seat madam what can i do for you i want you to tell me the meaning of these verses lilian rosenberg said handing him two sheets of foolscap and then sitting down they were suggested to me in my sleep in other words i dreamed them you dreamed them did you kelson said noticing with approval that the girl had well-kept white hands and that her clothes though not particularly expensive were chic and up-to-date do you want me only to interpret this poem or shall i tell you something about yourself first by all means tell me something about myself first if you can lillian rosenberg said i want to get as much as i can out of you your fees are exorbitant very well then kelson rejoined with a smile don't blame me if i tell you too much you were born at sea being a troublesome girl at home you were sent to a boarding-school where you distinguished yourself in various ways and last but not least by making the headmistress a married woman desperately jealous this led to your being removed removed is a more delicate term than expelled am i right yes i believe you are inspired by the devil shall i go on y yes i think so yes go on please 
you came home your mother died your father married again you disliked your stepmother you considered she ill-treated you she did i won't dispute it at all events you had your revenge you pretended to commit suicide and wrote several letters to the police amongst others declaring that you were about to drown yourself owing to the cruelty of your stepmother and so cleverly did you manage it that everyone believed you were drowned and blamed your stepmother accordingly changing your name to lillian rosenberg you came direct to london for some time you worked in a milliner's shop in beecham gardens and then you set up as a manicurist in woodstock street among your clients was the wife of the vicar of st catherine's kew who took a great liking to you you have extraordinary personal magnetism unable however to do more than pay your way at legitimate manicuring you that will do lilian rosenberg cried a faint flow of colour pervading her cheeks that will do explain the verses as you will kelson said but mind i don't insist on the necessity of your paying the slightest heed to my explanation according to the usual method of interpreting dreams the valley of flowers is symbolical of innocence and self-restraint of that path in life with which the goody-goody say every young lady should be satisfied the hunter is representative of the love of change and excitement the horse of self-indulgent the misty moon means ruin the metamorphosis into the crawling phantasm death leave the path of virtue and give way to self-indulgence and a craving for everlasting change and excitement and a miserable ending will be your mead and has been the mead of all others who have done the same thing then the dream is a warning kelson was about to reply when the door opened and hamar with an apology for intruding beckoned him he spoke with him for several moments relative to a matter of some consequence and then glancing at miss rosenberg and drawing kelson still further aside whispered let me caution you again matt on no account let your soft feelings for the other sex get the better of you remember it is imperative for us to do evil not good to lead our clients into temptation not out of it i am doing my best to follow the injunctions of the unknown but we must all work in harmony that is the most vital point in our compact and you know if we do not keep the compact something frightful will happen to us i cannot impress this fact on you too much only yesterday i had to pull you up for giving good advice to a lady damn your good advice give her bad bad advice i say anything that will do people harm no matter whether they are ugly or pretty and if you are not jolly well careful pretty girls will be your and our undoing i see you have a pretty girl here right now and from what i can read in her face she is not a saint rub it into her rub it into her well persuade her to be a bigger sinner still now i can't wait to say more i must go i asked you lilian rosenberg said as kelson resumed his seat if the dream was a warning no kelson said i shouldn't take it as such despite the rather peculiar form it took i am inclined to think it isn't a dream with any real significance but merely a chance dream a dream compounded of sayings and actions of the past that have come back to you all higgledy-piggledy as they so often do in dreams you learned a lot of poetry i suppose when you were at school yes but none like this no i didn't suppose so but the mere fact that your mind was at one time used to verses acquainted with metre and rhythm would account for the form adopted by your dream 
i assure you it was purely chance and that there is no significance in it you are on the lookout for work is it not so i am lilian rosenberg said can you tell me where to go to get it i am just thinking kelson replied i believe my partner mr hamar wants a secretary i can't of course say whether you would suit him do you type i can type and do shorthand lilian rosenberg replied eagerly and i can correspond in german and french and the salary would two hundred a year do yes after a slight pause i could make it do i should want one half holiday from one o'clock every week and sundays and three days holiday in the summer and one at christmas and of course the usual bank holidays i see kelson said thoughtfully you want plenty of time for amusement well i will speak about it to mr hamar and if you leave me your address i will give it to him how nicely you keep your hands i manicure them every day lilian rosenberg said then looking up at him from under the long lashes which swept her cheeks she added you won't forget to tell mr hamar about me will you i am very anxious to get a post you don't know what it is to be hard up do you the earnest pleading expression in her long dark eyes appealed to kelson as nothing else had ever appealed to him since his arrival in london he had seen many pretty faces many beautiful eyes but assuredly none so lovely as these and what features what teeth what lips what a chin what a figure it seemed to him that she was not like an ordinary girl that she was not of the same composition as any of the girls he had ever met that she was something hardly human something elfish something generated by the beautiful english woods and glades filled with the soft glamour of the moon and stars and all the while he was thinking thus his heart rising in rebellion against the words of hamar the girl continued gazing up at him and toying with the rings on her slender milk-white fingers at last he dare look at her no longer but stammering out his promise to do all he could to get her the vacant post he pressed her hand gently and bade her good morning then he returned to his chair and leaning back in it was seeing again in his mind's eye the fair face of the girl who had just left him when there was a rap at the door and the commissionaire announced miss martin another of them kelson said to himself and about as pretty in her way as the last i wonder what she wants he looked closely at her but no past rose up before him as far as this client was concerned his power of divination in that direction was nil she was a blank i've come to ask you the meaning of a dream i had last night she began inwardly shuddering at the sight of so much pomade and jewellery yes he said with an encouraging smile what was it of course she did not tell him all but merely that she had dreamed of certain flowers and trees as curiously enough so had her father kelson looked at her thoughtfully once he opened his mouth to speak and then checked himself and it was some seconds before he actually broke silence taken separately he said at last the ash-tree portends an unexpected visit a poppy a visit from a man red roses falling in love lilac a present a willow kisses heaps of them bluebells a proposal brambles difficulties in the way for example tiresome relatives buttercups a marriage an ash-tree a son and an heir a dear little thank you gladys remarked rising frigidly thank you i will go now what is your fee i trust madam you are pleased kelson said in great distress 
"'Will you kindly take your fee and let me out?' Gladys demanded, as he nervously placed himself in her way. "'Thank you. Good morning.' And as she swept regally past him and down the stone passage, Hamar came out of his room and passed by her on his way to Kelson's office. "'Ye gods!' he exclaimed, eyeing the discomfited Kelson wrathfully. "'What in the world have you done to offend the lady? I never saw anyone look so angry in my life. Damn it all!' i hope you didn't insult her it was all your fault kelson wailed she asked me to tell her the meaning of a dream which was brimful of warnings against us against us yes against us i have never listened to such admonitions in a dream before she must have some very friendly spirits watching over her well what was i to do i did my best mindful of what you said to me a short time ago i put her entirely off the track gave her an entirely misleading and as i thought very pleasant interpretation of the dream what did you say kelson told him jackass hamar exclaimed jackass you were far too broad what pleases a san francisco girl shocks a london lady for goodness sake have more tact next time we don't want to get into hot water i feel quite convinced that if any harm befalls us if that compact is in any way broken it will be through you i wish to heaven the unknown had given you some other power so do i kelson groaned at all events hamar went on the first three months is nearly at an end who was she miss gladys martin where does she live i don't know i could divine nothing about her she can't have any vices i don't suppose she has hamar remarked dryly not from the look of her anyway but there is time yet matt i've taken a fancy to that girl and i mean to get hold of her somehow i wonder if she is related to martin davenport's partner jerusalem what sport if she is why why sport kelson asked don't don't you see martin is at our mercy we are more than his rivals we can drive him out of london any moment we like his tricks indeed pshaw curtis can do them all right off the reel and curtis shall we will show martin up make a laughing-stock of him ruin him unless 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 what great scott don't look so alarmed unless supposing that girl is his daughter unless he gives me permission to pay my addresses to her and hamar laughed coarsely end of chapter ten read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california